When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, a psychic remote viewer discusses how to spot a psychic scam, plus the upside and downside of her intuitive abilities. It is very frustrating when you know that something is going to happen or you feel if you tell someone that they can offset that outcome because it can be offset. Nothing is set in stone. The hope is, is with the information to be able to tell someone to intervene or hopefully offset the outcome. Check out the huge selection of Strange Planet merchandise in my online shop. Go to strangeplanet.ca and click on shop in the menu or find the link in the episode notes for this podcast. At my Strange Planet shop, you'll find unique men's, women's, unisex t-shirts and athletic shirts, leggings, tote bags, mugs, neck gaiters, and stickers and more. All emblazoned with amazing artwork designed exclusively for my Strange Planet shop by artist illustrator Rick Forgus. If you're a fan of Strange Planet, why not show it off? Go to strangeplanet.ca and click on shop or go to the episode notes for this podcast and click on the link. It's a strange planet. Dress for it. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Monday. Angela Thomas is here to help people spot psychic scammers. She'll also talk about her abilities as a remote viewer. Angela is a professional psychic and clairvoyant noted over her 20-year practice for high accuracy and detail. She's a subject participant in an elite consciousness research study focusing on precognition and has gained an enviable reputation for her psychic work in private sessions for individuals, business leaders, and celebrities. Her work has also included crime, victim location, and recovery, and she's a vocal advocate for related causes. She's an evangelist for professionalism, standardization, and integrity in the psychic services industry through her co-ownership of and collaboration on two groundbreaking websites that embody her ideals. Angela is the host of the show On the Fringe, She's appeared on George Norrie's television show Beyond Belief on the Gaia Network. 
Two of her featured appearances were Exposing Psychic Scams and Don't Fear the Tarot. She also co-hosted a popular Paranormal Topics radio show called Portal, Paranormal Talk Radio on the Paranormal Radio Network for two years. Hey, Angela, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? Hi, Richard. Nice to be here. I'm fine. Thank you. I'd like to start off with something that you've addressed on Gaia TV and in a book as well. And that has to do with psychic scams. There are a lot of psychics out there or people who claim they have psychic ability that don't. And they'll use things like cold readings and other techniques to fool people. And then, of course, those individuals give everyone else a bad name. Talk to me about how you can identify a scammer. Well, one of the first things that you can uh, identify a scammer is, is if they are offering something that's too good to be true. So, for example, if uh, you were in the presence of or on the phone with a psychic scammer, they may say, you know, Richard, if you buy this candle, it's only $300, but it's going to, you know, you burn it all day. And after, you know, a day of that and meditation, uh, then your problem will be gone or your love will re, uh, be returned to you or whatever it is that you are in most need of. Uh, also, psychic scammers have a tendency generating fear and anxiety in individuals. And that's done so that that individual is so afraid uh, to make a decision or so afraid uh, about the things that they've been told that they return again and again to that psychic scammer. And so it's a vicious circle. Uh, a real psychic is not going to put their clients in fear or anxiety. Uh, another way that psychic scammers have a tendency of, um, you know, they're asking a lot of questions. Oh, you have children, don't you? Uh, or I see two children. If the person responds three, well, I was going to say three. Uh, and so you understand. So they engage them in a lot of dialogue. So when I'm with a client, uh, I I say to them, you know, look, if you've got any areas of concern or any uh, questions, ask them all up front. And then I want you to sit back and listen to the information coming to you. So you and I are not going to engage in a lot of dialogue, if any, for your session with me. And so I'm able to just go ahead and deliver the messages. And so, but anyway, going back to psychic scammers, there are a lot of them. And now with uh, the World Wide Web, of course, that's increasing every day. I have a, an idea what, maybe just a gut feeling, uh, what percentage of the population has a genuine ability in this regard? Well, everyone has the ability, but not everyone uh, recognizes it, nor will they work for it. You know, in other words, they won't develop it. They just go out there and flim flam and become uh, scam artists. But, you know, honest to goodness, it is well over what I'm going to say out of all of the people who claim to be psychic, it would definitely be well over 85%. It's not to say that uh, out of the, uh, the true psychics or psychic mediums that, you know, that they can't be trusted because true psychics and psychic mediums can. 
but uh, it's such a high percentage, and I know it sounds unbelievable, but again, you have people every single day. I know online, such as social media sites like Facebook, there are groups of people that have maybe read a, a book or they flip through a book. They have some reading cards or I don't know, whatever tool that they're using. And they start, you know, they they start to do and they're not qualified. They haven't studied. They they haven't done anything so you know people that are listening really need to know uh, to do their homework you know a lot of research you'll find uh, testimonials uh, whether you're using google or DuckDuckGo or whatever search engine you're using but it's pretty easy to find credible psychics and mediums out there and for you how does it work is it clairvoyance is it clairaudience is it Clairsentience? Yes, I'm, I'm highly, uh, highly clairaudient. I am a psychic clairvoyant. And so I do get a lot of clairaudience where I am hearing, you know, maybe I'm only hearing a name or maybe I'm hearing a place or I may get visions, a psychic vision. Uh, and generally those psychic visions are not like a movie to where, you know, it's very lengthy. You know, there's just little flashes of pictures. So a lot of times when I uh, see a sign or a name of a town, uh, I will say to my clients, if I'm seeing it, that means you're going to be seeing it. And where does information come from? Is it a spirit guide or how are you channeled this information? Well, I've got to say that, you know, the majority does come from spirit guides. However, there are other what I'm going to call entities. Uh, I'm not talking about maybe somebody's Uncle Joe or Aunt Jenny in spirit, because that's a different type of message. Uh, But for psychic uh, impressions or information, as in knowing, uh, Sometimes it's coming from a different entity, and I know this sounds crazy, Richard, but I'm going to say in another dimension. So I know it's kind of getting into that woo-woo-ness in this interview, but, you know, I haven't always identified, uh, you know, or labeled the messenger, but I'm going to say that 95% of my work is done through spirit guides. They allow that information uh, to come to me. So whether uh, some guides may even come in themselves and show me maybe pictures of movies or a book I've read or a place that I've been to lead me to that information. Well, you mentioned you're afraid you're getting into the land of woo. You've come to the right place. (laughs) (laughs) And certainly uh, the idea of multi-dimensions and uh, being uh, occupied by entities. I'm on board with that. I I believe in an unseen world. I believe in multiple dimensions, a demonic realm, an angelic realm. Absolutely. Speaking of which, do you do any astral projection? I don't do astral projection. Uh, Most of my work... Uh, that's similar to astral is remote viewing, but that is not astral projection. 
I was on Coast to Coast AM recently, guest hosting, and I have a remote viewer colleague that I've known for many years, probably 25 years. He's known as Canada's Edgar Casey, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell. And we've done a series of remote viewing experiments on program. I'm not trained as a remote viewer. I put it to a dumb luck, except it's happened where I've had some pretty near hits, I would say, on three, maybe four occasions. So in these experiments, we're doing it obviously long distance. Douglas has an object hidden from view on his desk. He's in London, Ontario. I'm near Toronto. And he just tells me, get my intellectual mind out of the way and try and describe what I'm seeing, not guessing what the object is, but colors and shapes and textures and so forth. There's not a lot of formal protocol there. It's not like Stargate coordinate remote viewing. How do you work? Well, most of the time I do not work with uh, targets that are objects like you and uh, your Canadian remote viewer. Uh, most of the uh, remote viewing that I, uh, I guess we'll say conduct is for uh, missing persons. And so uh, generally uh, my history has been predominantly with missing children and that has been volunteer work. Uh, I did, however, have a very uh, interesting remote viewing session uh, that involved retrocognition. And so retrocognition is the ability to see in the past. And so when you're looking at, uh, you know, for missing persons, you want that ability to, to see in the past so that you, you know, and I also am precognitive, uh, looking into the future, but I had a client uh, last year that emailed me asking for a one hour session and could I look at her aunt's 300 plus acres and, you know, email the reading back on what I would uncover. And the reason for the session, Richard, was because the aunt had all types of bizarre accidents and things that were happening to her. And so I think they were in suspicion of, you know, maybe there's demons or maybe there's bad spirits or something on the property. So, okay, fast forward, I'm in, you know, I'm in this reading and I'm remote viewing and, you know, it's in the middle of, you know, who knows where this, this land. And I all of a sudden see uh, Indian mounds. And so I typed it in this email uh, reading. I said, call me crazy, but uh, there were Native Americans on that property and you will find evidence of it, not only in historical archives, but I'm letting you know now somewhere on that property is Indian mounds. Okay, so I feel kind of silly, right, writing this, but I've got to go with it because now I'm thrown into retrocognition and seeing these Native Americans. So still while I'm in the session, what comes up? Something totally opposite. I see slaves, uh, like African-American slaves which of course is going to put you in a different time period uh, altogether. I am shocked because I've never had that happen. So I let this person know in writing now 
I said, again, you're going to call me crazy, but I see slaves on that property. And again, not only historical archives is going to provide evidence of this, but somewhere on that property is going to be a cemetery, a slave cemetery. So anyway, I said whatever else I said. And within less than an hour, this client uh, writes me back and she said, oh, no, you're not crazy. She said, uh, there are Indian mounds on my aunt's property. And we just had it gated because there was um, some young uh, kids that had vandalized one of the Indian mounds. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, so I'm not crazy, right? It's not my imagination. And then she confirmed these slaves. She said, you know, uh, there is a slave cemetery on my aunt's property. So, uh, you know, even as a psychic, and I've read for people all over the world from different backgrounds and cultures, but that was the first time I was able to remote view land, which I've never had that request before, and also use retrocognition along with the present, you know, and clairvoyancy and then near future. So, uh, so that's how I've used uh, remote viewing is generally to find a person uh, versus, let's say, find an object. Do you understand the mechanics of, of how it works or do you just accept, well, this is, it is what it is? You mean the, beca- uh, the mechanics of being able to see in the past? Or to, or to remote view. Well, I, you know, I understand coordinated remote viewing. Uh, you know, I'm friends with uh, one of the Stargators and uh, Paul Smith, Dr. Paul Smith. I'm sure yes, you're aware of Paul. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I know coordinated remote viewing, but I do not use it. And the, you know, I'm going to, I do go through the protocol. In fact, I teach uh, what I'm going to call is, a, you know, a small um, remote viewing workshop. But yes, I understand how to use it. But I've also altered a little bit of that remote viewing protocol when it comes to tracking missing persons. And uh, so I think that anyone out there can do remote viewing. Uh, You shared with me today that, you know, you've done several targets. And the thing is, is that it's really not, at least initially, it's not about being right or wrong. It's about practicing uh, your mind, right? To use your mind in such a way to where you can eventually uh, have a higher percentage of, uh, you know, positive confirmation of that target, a hit. I often hear about the pineal gland in connection with psychic ability or remote viewing. What role does the pineal gland play in all of this, if any? Well, uh, I, I believe that the, uh, the pineal gland or other, you know, also known as the third eye, uh, plays an important role, especially... Uh, in the remote viewing process. Some uh, professional remote viewers, or I'm not going to call them professional, but let's call them seasoned remote viewers, some of them deny that there's any psychic or clairvoyant 
abilities being used. Uh, but the pineal gland does indeed play uh, in a very important role in what they're getting. And what they are experiencing, too, is the ability to use their own clairvoyancy. So it is a psychic ability in which they are tapping into uh, because the mind, you know, to be able to use your clairvoyancy and your psychic abilities, the mind is able, as you well know, to tap into different time, uh, space, dimension, and I'm going to use the word consciousness. So, yes, remote viewing does use psychic and clairvoyant abilities. But here's the thing. Even if you do not recognize or have never claimed yourself to have uh, any intuitive abilities, you're still using them. So, you know, you've been shown through protocol how to access that information. So it gives someone ability to follow what's needed in order to tap into it. How did this ability begin for you? At what age were you when you understood that you had these abilities? Uh, well, with my psychic abilities, you know, it did happen as a child. However, I didn't recognize it as psychic abilities. Uh, I grew up with, you know, kitchen table ghost stories, uh, family, you know, old family stories about spirits or ghosts or, you know, someone was intuitive. But I assumed that everyone was experiencing what I was experiencing. And it wasn't until I got a little older uh, in my teen years that I realized that, no, not everyone <laughs> is having psychic abilities. So, But it wasn't until I was uh, much older that I really started to, uh, what I'm going to call, gain and, and use and even control uh, what I like to call disciplining the psychic abilities so you can use them better. It wasn't until I was older. And I did have, uh, you know, I went from okay as what I'm going to say as a psychic to all of a sudden the window opened up and I was overwhelmed because I was experiencing all kinds of abilities, uh, especially with the Claire audience, uh, you know, which you're hearing voices, right? Uh, with Claire audience, or you're hearing songs or any sort of sound. And I really thought that, you know, oh my, Angela, you know, <laughs> you have mentally, you know, declined. Uh, but no, that I recognized it when I was young, but uh, I didn't use it, use it until I was older. And what precipitated the ability? Because I've talked to a number of people who have such abilities, and, and many of them have, have suffered some sort of an, an accident, a near-death experience. You mentioned uh, Paul Smith. I, I uh, met David Morehouse also with Stargate, and he suffered some sort of a head trauma while I believe he was stationed in, in Jordan with the U.S. military. And that seemed to have precipitated his ability. Was there anything like that with you? I did not have a, a night and day experience. Uh, yes, I was in an accident when I was about nine or 10 years of age. Uh, 
there was a head-on collision and I was in the passenger seat and uh, was hospitalized. But I never related that accident to suddenly my psychic abilities uh, opened up. I believe uh, what probably shifted me was more about meditation, reflection. And when I say reflection, you know, sometimes when we think about the past or if there's a stressful situation in one's life or a traumatic event that occurs, that's not a physical event, but maybe an emotional event, then I feel like, you know, people like myself that reflected on that or meditated on that or thought of that and that trauma or that stress uh, opened that part of the mind to access that information more. So I didn't have a physical accident where one day I don't recognize uh, any psychic abilities and then boom, I'm wide open. But I do know that it does happen to uh, many psychics, a physical trauma. You've built your reputation on your accuracy with with your psychic readings. Can you give us some examples, obviously, without betraying any client? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get confirmations uh, almost daily on things that I have uh, predicted. And so, uh, gosh, you know, I, I know a couple of years ago I was talking about uh, an NSA-er, uh, that would be arrested along with an FBI and a CIA. And it was all coming from the Pentagon, as what I'm gonna say was the main person directing it, that came about. Uh, There's so many predictions, you just have to look and see uh, what they are. The ones that I can talk about, of course. Uh, I am a, a research psychic for the study of precognition and so some of those predictions I've made public and other predictions have been kept only solely within that group of psychics that are in that study. <laughs> I can say recently I, re- I put out a prediction that, um, that Dick Van Dyke was going to be in, uh, in the news. And I put headline news. And I didn't think too much about, you know, headline news. I just said news, you know, headline news. And I made that on December the 23rd. And then I want to say early part of January, maybe middle part, I've got the confirmation link on my website. Uh, Sure enough, Dick Van Dyke was in headline news uh, about a new role and honor that he received. And so I never got that he would, you know, he was going to pass because he is up in age now. Uh, But I knew that, you know, it's unusual to see Dick Van Dyke in headline news. So uh, that was, I guess, my most recent uh, confirmation on, on a prediction that was made public. More of my conversation with Angela Thomas when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. 
Here's a resolution for 2021. Reduce stress and enhance your immune system. ESS-60 from C60 Evo. C60 is the carbon-60 molecule known to deliver more than 172 times the power of vitamin C, 172 times. ESS-60 is the purest form of C60, a known antiviral, antibacterial, and anti-inflammatory remedy that works. ESS-60 neutralizes free radicals from cell metabolization and external toxins to help minimize inflammation and maximize detoxification. Further, people report better sleep, more energy, and renewed mental clarity when they take our ESS-60 organic oil. To order your miracle molecule ESS-60, click on the C60 Evo link in the episode notes for this podcast, or go to c60evo.com slash Richard hyphen Serrett. C- c60evo.com slash Richard hyphen Serrett. Buy now and save 10% by using the coupon code EVRS at checkout. Again, use the coupon code EVRS at checkout. Theoretical physicists say that there is as many as 12 hyperdimensions. Here are just three of them. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, here's an extra one. Conspiracy Unlimited. Hey, how about one more? Conspiracy Unlimited. And the great thing is we have six hyperdimensions left. Conspiracy Unlimited. Five. Psychic remote viewer Angela Thomas is here. If you have information about some catastrophe, like an airline crash, what do you do with that information? Because if you go to the FBI or whomever, or who's ever in charge of air safety, they must get thousands of calls like that. It must be frustrating not being able to warn people about these things. Or does that happen? Right. Uh, Yes, it is very frustrating when you know that, you know, something is going to happen or you feel, uh, you know, that if you tell someone that they can offset that outcome, because it, it can be offset. Uh, nothing is set in stone. So, you know, if it's just like if somebody uh, received, if the police department received word that there was a, a, a guy, an armed guy getting ready to walk in a bank and, and rob the bank, then, you know, that information can offset that robbery. But it's the same thing with being a psychic. Uh, you know, the hope is, is with the information to be able to tell someone to intervene uh, or hopefully offset the outcome. Uh, but I don't. Uh, I don't contact anyone. I did in my, uh, what I'm going to call my naive days, <laughs> you know, but there were literally, you know, hundreds of calls. I'm sure the FBI gets a lot of calls every day. But I remember years ago, I did uh, represent a psychic to television and radio. And uh, she had gotten some information about uh, Michael Kennedy. And she begged me to please contact Patrick Kennedy, uh, Senator Patrick Kennedy, to let them know about Michael. And I said, I can't just call. And I, she said, just write a letter, write a letter. So in my naivety, I thought, okay, I'll just write a letter to uh, Senator Kennedy and, and pass along the message. And uh, so, and it was done in a very business-like fashion. And so I'd say probably three days later in the evening time, I get a phone call 
And uh, the guy said, uh, Angela Thomas. And I said, yes. He said, Detective Zimmerman here. And I said, you know, I've been expecting your call. (laughs) And so he said, you have to go through protocol. You know, why didn't you go through protocol? And I said, I wasn't aware of a protocol. But, you know, since then, since that incident, I thought there's no way that I'm going to contact any anyone within the government to let them know if it's, you know, uh, happening uh, within the United States or even United States interest abroad. Uh, but what ended up happening, I did connect that psychic and the detective uh, through a phone call. And uh, it wasn't, but maybe two weeks later that Michael Kennedy uh, passed away and he had a, a skiing accident. Right. I remember that. Yes. So, um, so, you know, uh, it's very difficult, Richard, to tell anyone. I can't call up an airport or uh, any aviation company or, uh, you know, any federal agency and say, look, you know, that particular flight is at risk or it's going to be hijacked or it's going to crash or the engine's going to fall out of it. Right. So, you know, there's nothing one can do. I think the reason why we are given that insight is basically to prepare us as psychics to Uh, for the news, right, to prepare us for, hey, there's that huge earthquake or that huge tsunami or that flight that lost every member on on the, you know, during the crash. So uh, I think it's just to prepare us because the world is not ready to hear from psychics. You know, many people do not believe in psychics. They will never believe in psychics or God or anything beyond themselves. So that will never be accepted as mainstream. Did you get any indication before COVID struck? I did not get any uh, heavy indication of COVID. Uh, I did get an inkling that there was uh, some sort of virus, but I would not have... Uh, and I did not see it as any sort of pandemic. Uh, and then I can say that I did put a prediction out once COVID was uh, named that, you know, there would be so many rounds of COVID plus uh, another virus behind it. And so uh, I do not believe, I know that we have different Uh, strings of the COVID virus now, but I can say to you that there is still, uh, I'm going to say a non-COVID virus that is going to be behind this one. Now, whether that non-COVID virus becomes a pandemic, which it easily could, I feel like it's a very vicious virus, uh, you know, is is yet to be seen. But it would, you know, get on my radar, my psychic radar, it has to be pretty intense for it to come up. Because, you know, here we have like flu virus, you know, viruses uh, throughout the 
throughout the world and at, you know, deadly, right, deadly flu viruses. Uh, but I would not just sit there and think of flu viruses as a normal prediction. So if a virus comes my way in the way of psychic means, it has to have enough energy to it, uh, you know, in the very near future for it to be even on my radar. We know that psychics work with uh, police departments and police departments aren't keen on publicizing that fact, but we know that happens. Yes. Do you think, though, that even at higher levels, let's say in the Pentagon, for example, that they secretly are, we know there there was this remote viewing project, Stargate, and right. through the, uh, the Stanford Research Institute and so forth, it was funded. They say, you know, that's all over. They, they defunded it. It didn't work. But do you think it's still going on? Yes, I do. I believe that, you know, the United States government still uses psychic spies. I feel like Russia uses psychic spies and other countries out there. But definitely Russia, definitely the United States of America. Remember that movie, Men Who Stare at Goats, and this this program to create not just psychic spies, but almost psychic soldiers. Yes. Um, do you think it's possible? So, for example, a psychic soldier could, let's say, cause someone, uh, you know, on the other side, an enemy to have, let's say, a heart attack or something like that? I think if they had the ability to use chi energy, uh, that they can cause most anything. Anybody that has a, a well, a great talent with energy can definitely do that. You know, when you use your, your consciousness energy and you attach that to chi, then uh, you can do most anything. So I don't feel like, you know, there's a line, you know, a line of uh, psychic soldiers that can just stand there and cause their enemies to have heart attacks. But, you know, can a psychic soldier do that? Yes, indeed, they can. But I don't feel like they can go, okay, on cue, go ahead and do your thing and kill that soldier with a heart attack. Uh, I think that most of the psychic spies today are utilizing uh, their abilities for the government for, uh, you know, espionage. And I believe that uh, there are remote viewers that are used to uncover where certain, uh, you know, deadly targets are or to view uh, paperwork or drawings or, you know, where something is hidden, those type of things. But definitely the United States government still uses psychic spies. They're just not public about it. Are there certain cosmic laws that override a psychic ability. So, for example, to prevent someone from, I don't know, cleaning up in the stock market or winning at the racetrack, or is that all available to a psychic to enrich themselves, for example? I feel like some psychics, not all, have that ability. I mean, I know I can't use their names without their permission, but I know two psychics that have done very well, <laughs> you know, in the stock market. And so it is, uh, you know, it is definitely uh, possible for, for people as psychics to use that ability to really gain a lot of money. 
Are there any cosmic laws that intervene? That prevent them from, uh, from seeing that information? Or that prevent psychics from seeing certain information or let's say using their psychic ability for harm. Yes, I do believe that uh, there is a cosmic law out there that prevents uh, psychics from using their abilities for, let's say, evil intent. Uh, You know, can someone bypass that cosmic law? Uh, anything is possible, Richard, but, you know, for, for, you know, a typical psychic person that's making money from the stock market, I wouldn't call that evil. I would just call that an edge, right? But for somebody that's using it in a bad way, and if, by the way, that psychic utilizes their own abilities to, let's say, uh, control, abuse, manipulate, someone else or a situation and they get by with it, uh, karma is going to come back around and, and really bite them in the bottom. So they may lose their uh, level of um, perception uh, or, you know, bad things happen as in certain events that causes that psychic to lose his or her, uh, let's say health or security. What do your clients get from you? How are they using the information that you give them in their personal lives? Well, you know, there's a, there's a variety of ways that uh, some of my uh, older clients are uh, using the information. I can say that I once did a reading for a new client, a gentleman, and he said, I just need to know, uh, you know, how my business is going to be. That's my area of concern. That's all I want you to read on. And I try to stay within, uh, you know, between right now and the next, you know, 18 months, because I can't tell you what's happening 10 years down the road. But anyway, I read for this gentleman. And when I finished, he said, oh, my goodness. He said, you have just laid out an entire business plan. And what it was is a a guy out of Kansas that was a pastor. Now, you wouldn't think a pastor would contact a psychic, but some pastors do. And I didn't know he was a pastor, by the way, when I was reading for him. And I'm just, you know, I'm just the messenger and so long story short, he talked about, uh, you know, my, this business plan, I forwarded that information to him. And, you know, apparently I talked about uh, ministries and uh, recordings and, you know, whatever events and things that this gentleman could do to expand his uh, ministries Uh, more rapidly than or even do things that he was not incorporating in that ministry business. Uh, Other people do use it for, let's say, real estate, especially when it comes to investments. Now, Richard, let me be quite clear to you now. I have zero experience in ministries. I have zero knowledge of real estate or real estate law, or real estate investments, or anything of that nature. But I'm just the messenger. 
So whether it's a spirit guide or another entity that gives me that information, I don't know. I, I just deliver the message. And generally within maybe 20 or 30 minutes after I read for someone, I will not have any knowledge of what I've said. So, so people use it for business or of course they'll use it in their personal life, such as if there's a family matter or a marital uh, concern, or if they just simply want to see what's coming around the corner for them between now and the next 18 months. Uh, the top three areas of concern for most people are love, money, and health. And so they may ask it in 5,000 ways, you know, different ways, but it really boils down to, you know, love, whether that's a partner or a family love or uh, money as in what's my security going to be like, or am I going to gain or lose money? And then of course, health. And so um, that's generally how, you know, people, that's what they ask about or their career or, you know, if I do this or a court outcome or something of this nature. So that's generally how it's used. If someone is dying, they don't know it, but you know it. Do you tell them? No. How do you handle it? No, I do not tell them uh, that they're dying, but I will say, uh, you know, John Smith, um, you know, I looking in your health house and I, I see that there is a life threat or I see that there is a, uh, a, a health threat. And so I would highly recommend that you go and see a medical professional because number one, I'm not a medical professional. I've never had day one of any medical school, so I would not know. Uh, but that's my way. If I say life threat, that is letting that person know. Uh, it's putting them on notice that that's, you know, you've got a threat coming up against your life. And, uh, you know, if I see that it's a medical thing, right? Now, as far as a car accident or a motorcycle accident or a plane crash, uh, you know, I'm not going to say that. And most of the time, by the way, I do not see people's impacts. Uh, I may go, okay, there's a health threat. You look at it to say, is this an accident or is this a health-related, you know, condition? Uh, but most of the time, I'm not privy or given that information because one of the things that I do before I, you know, read for anybody as I do a prayer, a quick meditation. And in my prayer, I do ask that don't allow me to see it if I can't tell them about. So don't, don't give me that information. Uh, there was only one time that I ever recall sharing with a woman, uh, you know, a health matter, but it wasn't about her health. It was actually about her husband's health. And the only reason I mentioned that this man had a serious, imminent life threat on him is because I also looked at her financial situation. And this woman did not have anything secure, Richard, and they were already up in age. 
So, you know, we automatically assume that anybody that's retired, they should already have, you know, made their money and saved it and life insurance and all this kind of stuff. But this couple did not have that. And so I did not want her to lose a life partner through death and not have her house in order. So when I read for her that evening, and it was by phone, I let her know about that imminent thing, you know, life threat with her husband. I said, I see that it's either a stroke or a heart attack uh, coming in, but I'm really, you know, I'm really leaning towards stroke. And she said, you know, Angela, I already know about that. We just got back from the doctor today and he's been having many strokes and he is not a candidate for surgery. So she knew it was just a matter of time before her husband was to pass uh, from stroke. Are there ever days when you wish you didn't have psychic ability? Yes, there are days. There are days that I, I don't wish to have them. But most days I do. I'm, I'm very happy to have the ability. But there are days, you know, you receive information uh, whether you're reading for a client or you're just getting that uh, on your own and you go, oh, you know, that's that's some serious stuff or that's uh, negative or sad or tragic or whatever. And not everything you get as a psychic is tragic or negative. Uh, sometimes we get very positive things like, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait to see that or I can't wait to watch it on TV, you know. So, uh, you must but yeah, there are days that are difficult. But you must be inundated with negativity. How do you yes. stay positive? Uh, because I do not invest in the outcome. Uh, I just feel that my role is as a messenger uh, to help and serve people as much as possible. But I don't invest in them emotionally or the outcome because it's not my role. Uh, if, if one invests in, in everyone that you speak about as a psychic or even as a human, right? As a human being, if you, if everybody came to you every day and said, Richard, you know, what do you got for me? And you get that negative information. The thing is, is that if you don't ground and protect yourself, uh, from, uh, that and stay away from the outcome, just deliver the messages then you'll go crazy and crazy with worry. And the only time I ever um, really recall anything is if somebody calls me up and says, this has just happened. And then I'll go back into recall of my messages and then I'll go, yeah, okay, now I, now I know. Thanks for the confirmation. But uh, it's important for people that do this type of work to uh, ground and protect their aura and uh, that's going to help prevent coming emotionally involved uh, with your clients or even your family members or neighbors. You shouldn't invest in the outcome because, again, this is, a, this is not for the faint at heart, you know, uh, psychics and mediums. It's just not work that you can just um, be flippant with. You really have to take responsibility of self uh, and and do what you can and maintain yourself and your sanity so that you can help others. 
Uh, I always say you cannot, uh, you know, jump in a well of water to to rescue somebody, right? You know, they say, don't jump in the, if somebody's drowning, don't jump in the well to save them, throw them a rope. And I feel like I'm throwing them a rope. I can't help them unless I'm able to pass along the message. And I never give them my advice. I do not give opinions whatsoever. I give them the information and that's, you know, they're an adult. They're able to make a decision on their own or uh, seek a professional, whether it's an accountant or a doctor or whatever, to help them uh, process any sort of information or to make a decision by it. But I don't like anyone giving an opinion or advice uh, and label themselves as a psychic or a medium because that's not their role. If someone needs a rope, Angela, how do they reach out to you? Well, they can visit me at psychicangelathomas.com and all of my contact information is there. Psychicangelathomas.com. Angela, it's been a delight. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful, Richard. Thank you. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back in a few moments to share a few details about an upcoming episode. If you're a fan of this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, or my YouTube channel, Strange Planet, I hope you'll consider becoming an official donor. A donation of $50 a month places you in the star chamber. $20 a month is the whistleblower tier. And a donation of just $10 per month makes you a truth seeker. Any monthly amount is welcome and greatly appreciated. To become an official donor, go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Coming up next time, voices are calling us, voices without an attached form. Encounters with these disembodied voices warn us, haunt us, confuse us, inspire us, and scare us. Writer Tim Marzenko explores spine-chilling true stories from investigations and real occurrences throughout history that expose disembodied voices. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.